friends. I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July if you're here in America. And I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July everywhere else in the world, because why not? Today's episode is with Suzanne Hine, who is an award-winning writer and spiritual teacher who helps people heal their hearts and love who they are through transformational online courses and other digital trainings. She came to the spiritual path after a cancer diagnosis at 27 broke her heart open, forcing her to heal a lifetime of emotions that were repressed from earlier life traumas. Through sharing her life journey with authenticity and vulnerability, Suzanne's mission is to inspire people to love their darkness, love their darkness, so they can live their greatness. She's living proof you can heal any wound, transcend any pain, and live whatever kind of life you want to live. You can find her online at SuzanneHine.com, where you can download a free copy of her powerful feeling awareness meditation for deep emotional healing. Or connect on Instagram and Facebook at Suzanne Hine. Awesome episode with Suzanne. We get deep into emotions. Oh my gosh, it's so juicy. I feel like every single listener on this show is going to gain, 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 gain. You're just going to gain so much awareness, so much insight, so many ahas, and release, releasing the judgment you have against yourself for your sadness, your anger, or your anxiety. Those are going to be the three emotions we really dive deep into in her story. Of course, like every guest on the show is inspiring, so get ready to be inspired. And before we head on over, here is the review of the week. This comes from Akunk9. Good for the mind and soul with five stars. Maddie and her guests tap into topics that are relatable to every walk of life. She is putting out high-frequency energy into the world and motivate me to do the same every time I listen. Thank you, Akunk9. You are amazing. I appreciate you and your kind words. It's not too late to join us in Mexico City. Me and a team over at journey 333 are going to be leading a very nice size group over to Mexico City to refurbish a school play do yoga meditation chakra therapy and have an amazing healing time with our workshops I would love to have you join us not too late if you're ready to hop on a plane and have a transformational experience please join us you can email me by using the contact page on my website or you can speak directly to Taylor Conroy who was on my podcast if you want to get more insight on this trip you can listen to that episode with Taylor it was awesome Last but not least, warm shout out to the show sponsor for Sigmatic for making the best drinks in the world. There are these little awesome packets that have medicinal mushroom properties, including brain clarity, focus, drive, stamina, even sex drive. They can do so many different things. So my friend Taro Isacopula, who lives in L.A., amazing person, he was like, hey, I love foraging for mushrooms. Why don't I make mushrooms widespread across the world so everyone can drink them in all their different properties so he made four sigmatic and he made them super tasty so if you want to try it out you can use the code 10 for 10 percent off maddie m-a-d-d-y all lowercase and i highly recommend like i always say on the show get the hot cacao mix get the mushroom coffee mix get the viking mix or just try it all there's something called lion's mane that's pretty amazing I will have a link to that in the show notes for this episode, as well as that code in case you forget my first name, Maddie, 10% off. Awesome. All right. I'm ready to head on over. Let's do it to it. fee fi fo it. Shoo it. See you there. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. 
everyone. We are here with Suzanne Hine, and I am so excited to dive on in. I am fairly new to Suzanne's work, and so far I find her story very captivating, very inspiring, and she's doing just great spiritual uplifting work in the world while keeping it real. So, Suzanne, welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. How are you today? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing so great. Um, actually, I've been having a little rough spot with my work lately, and before the show, we were talking about how important it is to be passionate in what you're doing, and so I feel like I'm actually at a moment where, to be completely honest, because I am the queen of authenticity, I'm having a moment where I'm totally having to um, reactivate my passion, which I feel like is actually a good thing. So what are you reactivating? What is something that you're feeling you need to either let go or reorganize or something that you're wanting to bring into your life? Yeah, I've been, you know, working online as a spirituality and meditation teacher. And, you know, the online world is really crowded. And I had some early success. And I think that made me um, maybe underestimate kind of how difficult it would be to get traction or maybe I got a little bit lost along the way. And so I'm really having to come back to my center and remember like why I'm doing this, kind of evaluate if I did get off track and see how to get back on track and just really dig in and remember why. Like I'm reading a really great book right now, Why by Simon Sinek. And just, I feel like that's a really important thing to connect to that passion, um, to stay motivated on the path. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so how many years have you been doing the online business stuff? I've been blogging for two and a half years, but I've only been selling courses and kind of monetizing for a year and a half. Okay, so yeah, too- so that makes sense. I've been doing this now, I guess, for six years. Not, you know, exactly what I'm doing now. Back six years ago, I was doing a different type of coaching, but I can honestly say to you that everyone goes through that feeling. Everyone. Like, no matter how high up you are in this online world, there are times even when I am like, I've got clients that are like working really well, but all of their contracts are coming to an end. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go through all of the applications again and do this and do that. And then I'm like, why, why? Because it's stressful, you know? It, it, like we were talking about before this episode, like there are always going to be the the times and the periods where you do get bogged down with the logistics or the details, and it is overwhelming because we're only human, you know? Like we're only human. We can only handle so much. So even now I go through periods that I call ruts in my business where I'm just in a rut, and I'm like, why do I do this? Being like being my own boss is really hard. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. But it always passes. And then I get a, a spark of inspiration and excitement and happiness. And it only happens, as I'm sure we'll get into, when you like accept those feelings that you're having about being in a rut. And then the rut goes away on its own. And then you're like, okay, all's good. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I thank you so much for that little bit of reassurance. That felt really good and kind of reaffirmed the whole thing, which is authenticity, right? Because I feel like, you know, I could have been like, oh, yeah, I'm everything's going great and would have missed the opportunity for that exchange. And that's why I feel like like my new thing, I feel like every right is a kind of chance to reinvent yourself a little bit too. So I'm kind of in, in evaluating my why, I've really been honing in on this idea of authenticity. And that's exactly why, because I just feel like, you know, everyone's so quick to be like, oh yeah, everything's going great. I'm just busy, you know? <laughs> and like, yeah, we're all busy, but what does busy look like, you know? And uh, just having that, that opportunity for authentic connection, I feel like is everything. You know, in the online, world too because we all spend so much time online like of course offline but then you know it's like bringing it into all areas of life yeah well you're like on the best podcast for that because everything like I I don't hold back on anything here and I'm the I'm very similar like in person yesterday I went to a Pilates class and I immediately started talking to someone about how I'm getting a Brazilian wax that later that day and I was terrified (laughs) because it hurts and then like strangers, I was telling them how emotionally bogged down I was with all the commitments I've been making recently and how good it feels to cancel on some commitments. And it's like, that's what makes life. That's what makes the human connection. Like, 
you can say you're busy and you've got a lot going on, but like, okay, why? What's going on? I feel like there's just so many, you know, Craigslist is like misconnections. I feel like there's so many misconnections in life when you have the opportunity to do what we just did and like share. And um, the reason why I immediately brought that up to you is because I just had a guest on. Her name's Hannah Beer. The podcast has not released. It will have released by the time this episode is out. But like I visited her in Amsterdam and she is this incredible coach. And I view myself as an incredible coach. And we had this six hour conversation of how hard it felt that we were doing in that moment, like how difficult it was and all of our different struggles with coaching and like what we would do if coaching, like, you know, didn't work and all this different stuff. And like literally a month later, both of me and her were out of this rut, feeling good, feeling at ease because we shared and like released that shame or those blocks. And like then things started to thrive again. And I know like, in a few months, maybe I'll be in a bad rut for a couple weeks, but I expect it, you know? And I think it's it's really beautiful when you can allow yourself to go through those phases because no matter if you have your own business or a nine-to-five business or you're in NASA, like, you're going to have those days or weeks or months where you're like, this is hard. This is hard. And that's what self-care and authenticity is for. Yeah, so good. I love that. All right, so... Lovely little intro we just had there, um, starting it off with a bang. But I want to hear all about your journey. How did you become a coach? What was what were those moments in your life that led you to realize you wanted to serve the world? And yeah, go back in time. Awesome. Well, it sounds kind of shallow. So I was living in a place that I didn't like, but to go a step further, so I was full of resistance in this place that I didn't like, but to go a step further, I had just had cancer a few years before that. And so completely lost my mind emotionally, you know, physically, like, you know, death on, on a spiritual kind of even physical, not physical, but you know what I mean? Like the body changes from cancer treatment are pretty deadly. And, um, so I was like, you know, I have been through so much. I just want to live in a place that I like, you know, but really it was like my resistance to all of life was fueling this resistance to this place where I didn't like. And, um, so I was just, you know, I, I had that, you know, screw it moment where I was like, you know, I want to move so I can be happy. So I'm just going to be happy here. And I just decided to make that my mission. Like if I can be happy here, I can be happy anywhere. And I had resisted everything my entire life. You know, earlier on my, my dad and my sister died a year apart um, when I was in high school. And so I'd had all of this kind of unhealed depression and emotional trauma. And, you know, my mom was kind of emotionally absent. So there was just all this unhealed stuff that had kind of percolated over many decades. And uh, finally, in that moment, the trigger, you know, being living in this place that I didn't like kind of forced me to go within and finally sit with myself. I devoted a I started a devoted meditation practice. And what really kind of uh, shifted me was this 40 day yoga practice that I did. It was like a Kundalini. You do the same Kundalini yoga every day for 40 days. And um, I read a book, The Power of Now, and devoted myself to journaling. And those three activities, you know, I just took a month and kind of, I was freelance writing at the time, and I just took a month to really focus on myself. And and I was like, you know, I'm going to figure this out and surrender. And I did. I let go of everything. I let go of all of my identities, who I thought I should be. You know, I always thought I was going to be a journalist or a famous writer. So I let go of that. I let go of where I thought I should be living. I just let go of everything. And, and in that came the sweetest surrender. And I ended up going to yoga teacher training, you know, for the first time in my life, I allowed myself to just explore and let go of the heaviness of what's it going to be. And so, you know, I went to yoga teacher training, I did random things like took a jewelry class, and, and then eventually started a blog, which over time led me to what I'm doing now, which is basically writing about my spiritual journey and offering courses. Um, you know, I have a whole course based on that 40-day yoga practice and it's one of my most popular offerings and just yeah so that's pretty much the short of it (laughs) beautiful so many things that you went through can you explain to everyone in case they don't know what kundalini yoga is yeah kundalini yoga is known as the yoga of awareness and it's not uh the typical postures that you would expect to see in a hatha or vinyasa class 
it's much more meditative and rhythmic, um, melodic, like you might sit cross-legged and put your hands on your shoulders and twist from side to side with a specific breathing pattern. Some of the poses look downright strange, and while you're doing it, you're like, why am I doing this? Does it work? Um, it feels really weird, but at the end, it just has a really powerful way of moving energy through you. And the whole intent is that it's said that at the bottom of the spine, we have kundalini energy that's coiled like the serpent of a snake. And so this specific yoga is intended to allow that energy to rise. But it's just really good for processing emotional energy and um yeah, it's super, it's super powerful practice. Mm, yeah, I've heard so many things about it. So many people have told me that I would love it, but I've honestly never tried it. And there are so many different Kundalini practitioners here in Boulder that I feel like I keep getting called to go try it out because it does seem like something that would be so healing. Everyone I know that's done it has healed something. So I think it's time to try that out. Um, <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so you talked about shedding labels, and you mentioned a journalist, um, a few other things. What about a little bit deeper? Like, what besides just where you should live and all those shoulds, what other labels did you have to shed about your tendencies or the emotions you're allowed to show? Like, going deeper, maybe some messages you had passed down to you. What are the deeper ones that were subconsciously ruling your life that you had to let go of those labels? Oh, that's a good question. I don't even know if I've ever really thought about that. Let's see. So a big one was emotions because, you know, emotions were, um, you know, growing up I was always supposed to be strong and cold and never hurt or not supposed to be. That's kind of just like how, what I ended up doing just as a survival thing. And so not showing emotions was a big one. Like after, after my dad and sister died, everyone told me how strong I was. And then after cancer, nobody, everyone was like, you're losing your mind. What is wrong with you? Some, my coworker was like, why are you so angry? And I'm like, hello, I just had cancer, you know, aren't I allowed to be angry? And so really allowing myself that freedom to feel my feelings and to, um, you know, my whole life I had moved, literally. Like at one point I lived in seven states in three years as a way to avoid myself. And so that experience of the universe just sitting me down and being like, you will, you're not moving. Um, it was just, it was just the most incredible shock to my system. And I just resisted it. So just the late, the, I guess there was a freedom label, like freedom to do what I wanted to do and like feeling held down. Um, and, you know, I had just gotten married. So there was the whole, um, there was the whole issue of learning to be myself, but also a wife and having my freedom within the framework of my marriage and you know, cause like I agreed to live where we were because it was a really good, um, place to be for my husband for his work. And so just going into that and, um, you know, there's that, there's that give and take there when you're, when you're married and newly married and figuring that out, like how do I have my needs met without trampling on the needs of my significant other? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have no idea really what that's like, but I hear about it all the time because I've yeah. never been married. Um, would you say that you are someone that really knows yourself? You always have known yourself or have you not, have you had periods of your life where you didn't really know yourself? Yeah, my, uh, I was always been in therapy actually, like not now, but when I was in, uh, all through my life, I've seen a lot of therapists. And so like when I was younger, I was in Freudian analysis. And so I think it's just like, I don't know if it's just partly who I am, but it's also because like, I've been through so much therapy that, uh, yeah. And they're always asking me questions. So I think it just made me acutely self-aware. I mean, I'm just, it's like kind of annoying. I'm like aware of everything. I'm like, I just don't want to be aware. I don't want to know. <laughs> I think that's a really great thing though, because I'm, I'm just like your story. The reason why I'm asking you so many really personal questions besides this being a podcast about you is that I hear stories very similar to yours where people have gone through traumatic experiences and they go through 
either eating disorders or uh, anxiety, depression, certain types of coping mechanisms. And then when they're ready to come out of that, when they're ready to release that, they lose sight of who they are. And when I coach them or I speak to them and we talk about who do you want, like what's the old story you're releasing and the new story you're creating, let's work on that new story and become that person you know you are deep down. A lot of times, one of the biggest blocks is, I don't even know what I like. I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what I want to do. And we work through that together extensively to create that new story. But sometimes that's a huge block for people. And it's really difficult to break that down of, I've gone through all this. I've attached to these labels as a person that has gone through this traumatic experience and this one. And it really takes a reclaiming of your life. That just because you take responsibility doesn't mean that you're at fault for anything that happened in your life. But you are allowed to take responsibility for what happens from this point on. And I think, from what I have viewed, a lot of people are fearful of that responsibility. What do you say about that? Have you ever experienced that in your own life? Or do you have any advice, recommendations for people going through something like that? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I have seen that, you know, I think sometimes, and I think that's what I feel like blocks the healing a lot at times because people are still blaming another person for what's happened to them. But there's a saying, and I don't know if it's a Kundalini yoga saying, but one of the teachers that I took said that our problems are not our fault, but they become our responsibility. And the way I look at responsibility is literally responsibility, like the ability to respond. And we all have that ability to respond. And so when when we just waste all of our energy wishing that something hadn't happened to us, then that, you know, we give away our power and we stay in resistance. And so, you know, going back to what you were saying at the beginning of the podcast or maybe in the introduction, you know, the first step is always acceptance. And a lot of people don't want to accept the things that have happened to them, but really that's where you find your power. And also uh, for in my work, I, I feel like I was talking about accepting your feelings about a situation is also the same as accepting the situation. And when you sit and work through the feelings about something, then you're actually subconsciously processing the situation itself so I feel like that's a good place to start like how do you feel about something and can you accept your sadness or your anger or whatever can you love yourself feeling that way and then go from there Mm -hmm. yeah because that is another that's just another part of the spectrum of who you are you you are you are not anxiety you are a spirit that has had the human experience of anxiety if you can just take that bird's eye view and look down and look at this human being this spirit in a human body that is experiencing anxiety over here to the left but also spirit experiences joy over here to the right like you are not a one-dimensional creature you have many different sides to you many different experiences the goal here is to stop attaching to any one single experience you know a lot of times the experience of anxiety because it's so verbose it's extending hours and it's big and it's just such a big presence is anxiety. It can take over everything you have to do today because you'll walk through your day with that experience. People who aren't aware of that can cling on to that feeling and judge themselves so harshly for it instead of just experiencing it. Like you experience laughter with a best friend. You know, you, you don't obsess about the laughter you had all day long. You don't let that one moment of laughter like control your entire day, entire week and like obsessively try to have more and more and more and more and more laughter. So why do we do the same with all these other emotions when we bring awareness to that? Why can't we just experience the anxiety and allow it to live within us but not identify as the anxiety? So you have some stuff to share about what anxiety really is, what anger is, and what sadness is. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you explain your experiences with that and how you view these three emotions? Yeah, sure. So um, from... From my perspective, so I like to look at things kind of from an energetic perspective because I'm a yoga teacher and from from the chakra perspective and the chakras, so the chakras are seven energy centers all along the spine and what they are even beyond an energetic level is just a really useful framework for understanding our emotions. So the first chakra is really the root chakra and it relates to our ability to fit in, our foundation, getting our needs met, 
But really, it's about survival and feeling like the ground will be even beneath you. And so when we were when we so one cause of anxiety is really fearing things about our survival because where do we feel anxiety you know we, we're afraid that we're going to lose our job and not have enough money to eat or we're having anxiety about a health condition or you know about a loved one or, you know ostracizing us which is really about worrying about getting ostracized from the herd right um, going back to those age-old survival instincts and so and then also I feel like in Another possible cause of anxiety is really when you're repressing emotions. I've heard of many people it's repressing sadness or repressing whatever. And it's like that, it's like an insult to your higher self. And when your emotions are emotion, you know, energy in motion, and when you're repressing all of that energy or resisting it and not letting it move through you, it's like you have an overload and you're energetically like overcharged, like you're short circuiting your nervous system. And so anxiety can result. So we have these kind of two two typical uh, cases for anxiety, you know, one being the survival threat and then the other just being the overload to your system. And really the way to uh, to overcome that is, you know, obviously to first accept the emotion because when you're resisting something, then you're stopping it from flowing through. It's like a log jam in the middle of a river. And your own resistance is an energetic barrier to processing the emotion and letting it moving through. You know, so many people are like, oh, I don't want to feel it because it's painful but resistance is also painful like you can't avoid the pain of emotions if they're there and the way to move through that pain is to accept them but then from anxiety to really you know disband it is to connect down into the earth and trust trusting the flow of life trusting the flow of your life you know, one thing that I love um, for sometimes for anxiety or if you're feeling worried about something, I love just lying down on the floor. It's so relaxing just to feel the earth support you. And even if you want to visualize like all of the crazy energy, just rushing out from your body and into the ground like an electric charge that's just dispelling um, so that the earth can just create anew from this energy. And then, you know, there's some breathing techniques that you can do too. Like if you want to even out in yoga, it's said that every breath pattern has, every emotion relates to its own breath pattern. And so you can breathe in for say four, hold for four, exhale for four, and just making a nice even breath pattern. Um, and then I'll just, I guess, move on really quick to anger and sadness, and then we can dive into those more deeply if you want. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, so then moving up, um, and then they all kind of relate because the the grounded foundation, you know, creates space in the second chakra, which is all about emotions, and that's like your fluidity for moving through life. So when you're secure on your foundation, like if you're on a surfboard, if your feet are secure on the board, then you can really ride the waves of the ocean, and that's kind of the first and second chakra. And so once you're secure in those two foundations, then you we move into the solar plexus, which is anger. And a lot of time, anger is such an awesome emotion. And I feel like women especially are really avoidant to anger and mm -hmm. feel like a horrible person for feeling it. But all anger is, is a call for boundaries. Anger is the feeling of powerlessness. And so when anger arises, the wonderful question to ask is, how am I giving my power away? What boundaries am I being called to set? And you know, as women, uh, I feel like a lot of times we just want to people please, and we sometimes allow ourselves to be doormats and give away all of ourselves, becoming overly flexible. And then, you know, we feel this anger and we judge ourselves for the anger. And instead of letting that anger inspire us to create those boundaries, we just wish the anger would go away and you know nothing happens so it's really just this beautiful call to say like how am i and again taking reclaiming your power not being like you need to do this but like starting within like how can i show up in this situation differently how can i respect myself how can i be strong in who i am and how would i act in this situation if i was strong in who i am 
And from a mind-body perspective, anger, you can, um, you know, strong body, strong mind, right? So you can build up the core, do like plank pose, um, boat pose, navasana. Maybe we can put a link to that if people aren't familiar with that. But really just strengthening up the core so that you have that strong body so that you can show up strong in your life. And then a lot of times, too, under anger is a lot of sadness and and, you know, we may feel like we've been victimized in some way. And so there is that sadness. And it's really important to honor that sadness. And, you know, sadness is, in some ways, it's a river that carries us from one way of life to another. So we may be sad about about losing somebody, sad about, you know, I just finished an online course. And I was so sad afterwards. And, like, nothing had happened. It was just an ending. And sadness can often indicate an ending. And we, you know, when we don't allow ourselves to feel that sadness, we don't allow that to release, which means we don't allow whatever is wanting to come into our lives to enter. And so, you know, uh, or a lot of times we might be out of alignment, right? Our soul, you know, what if you always wanted to dance and you're pursuing like, you know, you're, you're trying to be a pharmacist because that's what your parents told you to do. And it's like that sadness is coming because your soul is saying like, no, I want to dance. So you got to, you know. You got to get back into alignment and love your soul and please your soul and live the life that your soul wants. Oh, man, that is juicy. All three of those are, you said those beautifully. Thank you. And I also just like, I felt like I was just nodding my head the entire time because especially with the anger one, I have noticed that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot with women because there's something that is way more socially acceptable for women to have sadness than it is anger. So they try to just skip over from anxiety to sadness or whatever the path may be, but always skipping over the anger to sadness. And I've also noticed that there are other emotions like anger or um, assertiveness or maybe a little aggression, like not in a bad way, not like mean aggression, but just feeling um, aggressive as in passionate or moving forward, um, they repress that emotion a lot because that is saved for their dad who they have negative feelings about, right? So whenever they think about anger or whatever aggression they might be experiencing, um, it reminds them of people in their life that they didn't get along with and they feel if I experience anger then I'm just like you know him I'm just like him so I can't be angry or maybe one time as a younger girl you heard two people over like you overheard two people talking about Sally who had anger and how unattractive that was and so you got nervous to show your anger it's like being angry is not feminine it is though it is human it's feminine it's masculine it's whatever it is everything anger is a part of the emotions that we are supposed to experience but when you repress it you build it up you know it just gets stronger and stronger it starts lifting weights inside of your body it needs to cool off it needs to be experienced it needs to be felt and had and it doesn't have to just be the sobbing on the bed kind because that's more sadness it can be an innate feeling of passion upset passion and then i think also anger and sadness like you were saying sadness is a sign you're out of alignment I think both anger and sadness are signals of what women are longing for. So you're sad about the current state of the environment. That sadness is a cue for what might need to change in the world. And I think women are more in touch with that emotional cue than most men are because they are so logic and they are so tied up with reason and structure and systems, whereas women are more emotionally driven. So listening to that sadness, where are you feeling that sadness in your life? Where are you even feeling that anger in your life? I think a lot of women are catalysts for change in our world because they listen to their anger. They're upset with a certain system and the way the world is doing something and they listen to it and they act out on it. And then there's a side of the women who don't experience anger, don't even experience sadness and always try to be happy. And they are out of alignment, like you said perfectly, that example of trying to be a pharmacist when you want to be a dancer. That is so, so common. I'm sure you see that all the time in your clients, women who are told that they have to be a certain thing by their parents and they grow up doing that and they have tons of anxiety every single day because they are so out of alignment. And the minute they leave that career that was never meant for them in the first place, they got to go through some disappointment of disappointing their parents. Yeah, sure. But also once they break through that and once they learn 
how delicious the path is of listening to your own needs instead of just living your life according to your parents you will learn how to care more about your own desires and the life that you want to live while still being loving to your parents sure you don't have to cut them out of your life but learning to be on your own path and not be absolutely clinging on to the approval and praise of other people Oh my God, that was so good. I love everything you just said. And I love how you were talking about like mirroring the world and like honoring the sadness that might come from the state of the environment and using that as a way to initiate change and passion. I feel like that's awesome. You know, I feel like so many, I feel like a lot of people feel like it's bad to be excitable because like I even had to school my own husband. Like I was getting super passionate and he was like, oh my God, you're stressing me out. And I'm like, what are you talking about? you out you know I'm like this is me like you have to like you know I'm waking up you know and um and I'm from New Jersey so I do get kind of excitable but whatever that's just me and I feel like it's um it that helps you when you do feel your feelings or feel anger like that's how you transmute your pain into passion and that's how you turn pain into purpose and I feel like so many people are looking for their life purpose or path through life or work that feels meaningful but they're they're repressing or avoiding their pain and that purpose and that passion is found directly inside of it. Yeah, precisely, precisely. And I think it just, this is authentic conversation right now. And I hope that this inspires every single person listening to ask, what have they been, what have they been repressing in their life? What emotion has not been felt recently that needs to be felt? I went through a really, I dated this guy for like, I guess three months, then we broke up and we tried again. And like something about that, that breakup, even though it was not a long relationship, something about that breakup made me relive so many past relationship experiences that were painful in a completely new way. It's like when me and him finally decided, okay, this isn't going to work. Let's, you know, go our separate ways. I felt the breakup of like 10 different people, even if they were just a couple months, like because I had repressed so much of that pain. And I would, I don't know how, I I don't really like phrasing it this way, but I would consider myself now to be a much more conscious person, consciously aware of my pain and my joy and gratitude and where I am out of alignment. And I feel like that, that relationship really brought forth a lot of pain of the past. And I spent a lot of time off social media to myself, crying, upset, screaming in my car, You know, like even last night, I think I screamed in my house because I was upset about something else. And like, that's okay. Like a release. I don't go to kickboxing classes, even though I feel like that would help. But sometimes I just need a really quick, girly, high-pitched squeal. And as silly as it sounds, it feels so good. And then I'm like, okay, that felt really good. Like sometimes there is a physical manifestation of that anger, as in a yell in a pillow or a punching bag or something. And then there's sometimes just the emotional experience of like, wow, I feel really heavy in my body. I feel really weighted and grounded and that's okay. Like whatever needs to happen, let it happen, but find the source within yourself. What has been repressed and what needs to be let go? That was one of the main themes of the last retreat I did. It was actually called the confidence revival, but it was more like the anger, the repressed anger release. That's not as sexy of a name for retreat, but like that's really what it ended up being. There was a lot of like undealt with feelings and emotions that every woman was dealing with that needed to be released. And it was heavy. You know, I was like the first two or three days were really heavy because it was a lot of like, whoa, this has been inside deep down. Now we're sitting in it. We're all sitting in it together. So it was like all of us people together with all of our stuff. But leaving was such a healing experience too. Like the last part, the second half of it was like such an uplifting experience because those things were being released and let go and there was journaling and hand-holding and hugging and just feeling so much better, yoga. Like it was all so beautiful and healing. But we we don't all need to go on a retreat to have that experience. You can have that at home on your couch, right? Like you can have that right now today if you go find that source and experience it and it might be painful it might be unpleasant but like you said that pain is the pathway to passion they go hand in hand 
I love that. And what a beautiful retreat that sounds like. Oh my goodness, what powerful work. And to do it in the company of other people and to feel less alone. And I feel like that too is one of the things that really helps like both give you the the um, inspiration to do the inner work and also to overcome it when you realize that you're not alone is so healing. Um, but yeah, it's I've come to, it sounds weird, but I've come to, I feel like you have to come to love the process and almost love the pain because it's, you have to, it's the process of coming home to yourself. And, and I've screamed in my car so many times. <laughs> I love that you said that. And like really giving yourself permission to feel crazy. Cause every time I do that, I do, I feel crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, I've really lost my mind this time. Like I'm not, there's no coming back. I'm not, you know, I've like lost it now. And then of course I always come back because I feel like just allowing yourself to like ride that wave. And I do try and like stay grounded and stuff, but sometimes it's just like really hard and you just have to allow yourself to get tossed in those waves and trust that it'll all like work out and it'll all be a beautiful cycle. Right, exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up. It is a lot about trust. Like I think a lot of people are scared to dip their toe into the feeling of anger because what if I get lost there? Like it's never ending, I'll be there forever. But it's the same thing as like when you're breaking away from a diet and you start intuitive eating. At first, you might wanna eat everything all the time. You know, packaged things, think pizza, pasta, all the carby foods you told yourself you weren't allowed to eat or whatever your off-limit foods. At first you might wanna eat, 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 but eventually you don't, continue to need to eat those things because your body starts to realize, okay, I can have it anytime I want. I'm not going to be deprived tomorrow morning. Monday isn't coming, right? Like your body is finally like, okay, thank you for giving me all the food I want. Now I know I can have it whenever I want and I'm not going to binge because I know it's always available. It's the same thing with emotions. At first you might feel a lot of anger. You might need a lot of rest. Your body might feel like it's been hit by a truck because you've been avoiding those emotions for so long and you finally feel them. That's okay. You're not gonna be hit by a truck for the rest of your life. It will come, it will go, it will pass like everything else. The, my favorite quote, the easiest, shortest, sweetest quote ever, this too shall pass. And it's true with everything in life because life passes, right? Like that's a little bit more morbid, but it's very true, life does pass. So it's good to have a healthy understanding of this idea that everything will pass so allow yourself to fully indulge in your emotions soak in them live in them and don't have the fear that they'll stay forever and you'll forever need to rest and be hit by a truck you'll ever for, forever feel angry you will only experience those feelings prolonged if you keep trying to put a time limit on them yeah and also i think another point too is attaching to the story Cause like, so the way I kind of teach this is like, um, so there's thoughts and then there's emotion, the feeling, right? And I'm very much in the feeling first and then feeling that feeling. And then something that I think stops a lot of people from moving through the emotion. Cause a lot of times people are like, I'm feeling the emotion. Like, why isn't it moving through? Why isn't it going away? And I think a lot of times it's because, you know, people are staying attached to the story around that emotion. Like, Oh, this person did that to me. And this person, you know, this happened. And then this is why I'm like, my life is always never going to change. And so I really feel like it's this two step kind of process of one feeling the feeling and trusting too that like you're innately good because I feel like a lot of the fear around emotions is that people are afraid because people always feel that they're not good enough or that there's something fundamentally wrong with them. And so people, like even when people say like, I am sad or I am angry, it's like, you know, you're not a sad or angry being, you feel. So, you know, I feel like it's helpful to change the language around that and be like, I feel sad, I feel angry, to just acknowledge that yes, this is an emotion and it's gonna pass and it's not always going to be here and then you know f fully feeling that and then working with the thoughts separately you know and so you know this specific meditation that I teach it's very much a process of just literally sitting with the emotional energy and not not thinking you know and and of course there's times where you do get 
caught up in thought and it takes a lot of practice. But there's something so beautiful and freeing when you can just sit and feel the emotional experience of whatever it is that you're feeling and not get caught up in the story around that because it's the story that controls our lives. And then, you know, like you were saying in the beginning, when you write that new story, you can create any kind of life that you want to. But it's like, and I think, you know, it, 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 that just gives people that freedom to feel when, when just knowing that the story isn't necessarily true. Like I can have, I can have an empowered response to the story and still feel the emotion and be empowered in that feeling too. Mm, yeah, exactly. It is attaching to the story and that is you know, something we all do. We all do that. It's so common to look, want to find a reason. Why do I feel this emotion? Let me find the reason, pinpoint it, and hold on to it. But sometimes it, it's, we're better served to just experience the feeling and not have to have a reason for it always, right? Like sometimes that can bring comfort to know, oh, it's because it's a full moon. I'm starting my period. It's PMS. Okay, simple, easy, got it. Like you can move on when you got all this n nice and neat and orderly understanding of why something is happening. But sometimes we just have emotions because things are coming up within us and maybe it's just some energy we're around. You know, we feed off of energy. If you go into a yoga class where everyone is healing from something, you're going to be soaking up that energy of why a lot of people are going through healing experiences and you might feel heavy simply because of that. And there doesn't always need to be a reason or a rhyme behind why we feel the way we feel. There's, there's greatness to bringing awareness to it sometimes, but don't get too caught up or attached to that story and that will allow you to move on. Beautiful. I love that. So anything else you wanted to say on that? Yeah, well, it's just kind of interesting. So like, for example, going back to like where I was, um, you know, living in a place that I didn't like, you know, the story in my head was like, I don't live where I like, I can't find any jobs here. You know, this isn't what I expected. My life is always going to suck. And so, you know, and so identifying like the feelings of resistance and anger and sadness and, and even like where I wasn't putting my boundaries, like that was, those were all kinds of the feelings that were kind of, you know, underneath the, the story of the thought. And so to allow myself to feel those feelings, it was very much a process of like un unwinding that, right? Like unpacking like all of the different threads of the story and seeing like, okay, is that true? You know, is that true? Is that true? And really, um, accepting that accepting my feelings didn't mean that I was going to be like stuck there in, in forever. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to explain. It's so subtle to just acknowledge that like what we, what we, because I don't believe that thought. A lot of people say that thoughts create feelings and I actually think it's the other way around. I think that feelings create thoughts, but, but the feelings are, the feelings are generated by a belief that we have that is that is coming from an experience that we had in the past like it's coming from you know a perspective how we see the world and so to allow yourself to heal a lot of times requires us to acknowledge that the perspective that we're seeing the world with is fundamentally not wrong but not in love not as good as it could be and so and so it's just this process of like acknowledging that the story that we're telling ourselves is not necessarily true or like if someone if you feel victimized by somebody then you have to like they they hurt me they hurt me they hurt me like that's kind of the story right and then you have to to allow yourself to feel the feeling a lot of times we have to let go of that story and like look for a new story Mm-hmm. yeah exactly that's why one of my favorite exercises is this old story new story journaling exercise where you're just writing down like what this old story is what this new story is um and yeah i think it i think it works both ways i think thoughts do uh create feelings and i think feelings do create thoughts it's a it's a cycle for sure yeah. because i have done like manifestation work where i have um thoughts and then create the feelings around it and you know create that type of energy that i want and it comes back to me but it certainly has they happened the other way around where I accumulate anxiety in some area and then my thoughts start overthinking, worrying and obsessing. So you've got to break the cycle in some way. And I think this podcast is such a beautiful tool. Like really, this is one of the best podcasts I've had around 
emotions and diving deeper into emotions and why these less appealing quote, you know, less appealing emotions <laughs> need to become more appealing, need to be felt, need to be experienced. They are part of the human experience and those blockages are what's blocking so many people from simply having the life they want. It's as simple as that. Maybe not easy, but it is pretty simple that for some individuals, they are being someone they are not. They are trying to be a robot that only experiences one or two dimensions instead of all the different dimensions. And that stuff's gold. Feeling that stuff, all that stuff hidden inside is gold for the healing process and for that other side, the new story. So before we head on over to the quick fire round, can you let my listeners know where they can connect with you online? Yeah, so my website is SuzanneHine.com, and on there I have a free meditation for emotional healing, and it's the process that I use to feel and heal my emotions, so if anyone's more interested in that, you should definitely check it out, and then I'm also Suzanne Hine at Facebook and Instagram, and also YouTube, so I would love to connect with you guys further. Awesome, and I will have all of those links on the show notes for this episode, which is going to be... 160. Okay. Mm-hmm. Time for quick fire round. Whatever pops in your head first. Okay. If you were to win an award for anything, what do you think you'd be nominated for? Authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> what is a weird food combo that you really like that maybe not other people like? Um, when I was little, I used to eat a bagel with cream cheese and jelly. Yeah. That's not that weird. I think that's pretty normal. Oh, okay. I get. I don't know. I guess it is normal. Because cream Maybe cheese I- and jelly always comes with bagels. <laughs> oh, it- yeah. Well, I thought people you would do like one or the other. I don't know. Maybe they do do it. Okay, we'll take it. Okay. Who is your celebrity crush? Um, Ashton Kutcher pops in my head. Who would be an actress that would play you in a movie about your life? Okay, weirdly, Natalie Portman pops in my head. What is one must-read book? The power of now. What are two things you want to see happen in the next five years of your life? For my life, I want to see my community grow to 50,000 and beyond, and I also want to be on Oprah. And if you could pick any other life to live, totally different from the one you're in now, what would it be? I'd be a beach bum in Hawaii, for sure. (laughs) Oh, awesome. But you know what's cool. I feel like that could happen in your future with the career you've chosen. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not a bum, but, you know, like a (laughs) highly active, self-employed, smart, spiritual entrepreneur on a beach. Yeah, with the waterfront beach mansion. That's what I'll take. (laughs) I can see that. If you get up to 50,000 people and you're on Oprah, like, I feel like anything is possible at that point. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the Mind Body Musings podcast, Suzanne. This episode rocked. I'm so glad that you came on and you have so much beautiful insight and wisdom and thank you for sharing it with all of us thank you for having me it was such a wonderful experience and i loved connecting with you that was so fun as always everyone you can head on over to my website for the show notes all of the links of all the books we mentioned will be on the show notes for this episode 160 and while you're there if you have not downloaded your free audio book for pillars of femininity for perfectionists You can get that over there. I highly recommend you do. It's basically like an awesome exclusive podcast all about stepping into your feminine flow. And if you haven't left a review on the show, that would be pretty sweet too. So hop on over to iTunes. That'd be awesome. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening every Wednesday. As always, you guys rock. And I'll come at you next week with another episode. (laughs) 